630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. So it starts in about an hour. The game Oiler, uh, Oilers fans are going to want to keep an eye on. Kings at Avalanche tonight. Blue Jackets up one nothing on the Canadians in the second period. Also in the second, Rangers with a 3 nothing lead on the Flyers. Panarin has his 22nd of the season. Blue Jays up 3 nothing on the Yankees. That game in the top of the fifth and that uh, NBA play-in tournament game. It is two minutes into the third quarter. Atlanta leading the Hornets 68-54. Oilers and Predators tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, once again, 4.30 for the face-off show. And the game will start at 6 o'clock. All right, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. Kellen, what are people saying? Let's start with Aaron and Hannah tonight. He texts in and says, how about Kane's ex-wife paying a portion of Hartman's fine? Yikes. And I saw that was making its rounds on social media earlier in the day today. Yeah, I saw that as well, and I was on uh, with Jamie Nye at, on CJME, the Green Zone in Regina this afternoon, and he mentioned that, yes, kind of uh, soap opera-ish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Did, did he say uh, he's from Hannah? Hannah, yes, home of Nickelback. I was just going to say, isn't that where, that was all of Nickelback from there, or just the, the lead singer? Um, I believe at one time the entirety of the band claimed they were from uh, Hannah. Now the current lineup, I think, is just Chad and maybe one or two one or two other guys are, you know, we'll say they're from Hannah, but when they first started and first got big, they were all from Hannah, Alberta. Oh, yeah. I just brought them up on uh, the old Wikipedia, which mm-hmm. is never wrong. Yeah, formed in Hannah. What's the population of Hannah? It says uh, about 2,400. That's pretty big. There we go. Right on. Cool. Uh, yeah, let- somebody, somebody will have to clarify. What was that texter's name? Uh, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron will, Aaron will know if he's from Hannah. I assume it's a male Aaron. Um, is it the whole band? Is it just a couple guys? What's the exact uh, affiliation? Yes, we got That's to really know. important. I need to know this now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a trip from Hannah to Capilano. That's a bit of a road trip. Uh, Robin Capilano tonight uh, texting in and saying, I think Ryan Hartman is number one in my book. At least he didn't pull a James Wisniewski gesture that Wisniewski pulled on Sean Avery years ago. Oh, I don't even remember that one. Which one was that one? Oh, I'm trying to remember t- uh, vaguely. I think that was... Yeah, kind of rings a bell. I got to Google all this stuff. <laughs> Your search history at the end of this week, Reed, is going to be just insane. Yeah, I, ser- I seriously might get in trouble from work. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I here's the thing, though, that everybody has to realize. A lot of people with 630 Chet and Chorus Entertainment have no idea who I am or what this show is. So I get away with a lot. Oh, he made a, uh, yeah, he made a pretty obscene gesture. Yes. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I do vaguely remember that. No, definitely probably was inappropriate. I found it. I I do find it kind of funny. The highlights I'm seeing today, they're blurring out Hartman's hand Mm -hmm. as if it's the worst thing that could be shown on television. I mean, I get beeping swear words and stuff, but is an extended middle finger that offensive that it has to be blurred out? I don't know. Like, I'm not a parent. Is that like, the worst thing your son or daughter could see? Or would that be, uh, I don't know, would that be an opportunity to say, like, hey, that guy shouldn't have done that. That's a that's a cruel thing to do as opposed to, like, oh, why is it blurred out? What's so bad? I don't know. 
I mean, during the late 1990s, Stone Cold Steve Austin would constantly be, uh, you know, gesturing to opponents in the ring, and that was on Monday Night Raw. So, oh, really? He would give opponents the finger? He would. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Oh, WWE. What a trailblazer. We are, we're also talking about a company that had guys that did uh, oh, all sorts of other obscene gestures as well in the ring and that stuff. This was the late 90s, early 2000s. It was like the Wild West. It was crazy. So, All right. Good to hear from Robin Capilano. Nice part of town. Yep, absolutely. Uh, one more for you. This one didn't have a name, like but just there. simply says, Oilers not good enough. Oil is playing teams that are contenders, not pretenders. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair concern. Uh, I mean, obviously, they beat uh, the California teams, uh, beat Anaheim pretty badly. They have done well against L.A. I mean, I know the one game went to a shootout, but they have done well against L.A., which will not be getting Drew Doughty back. But the, the playoffs are a different story. It's the, it's the same team over and over again. It's just the top 16 teams. The two games against Colorado were both excellent games. The Oilers didn't win either one of them, but... You know, they, they played well enough to win. They had enough shots to win, certainly. Minnesota and St. Louis, Rob and I talked about it after the game last night. Those might be the two toughest opponents in terms of Western Conference teams and the matchups for the Oilers to face. Now, if you're playing those teams, you've made the one of those teams, you've made the conference final, which I think most Oilers fans would take. Uh, you know, LA might be the best matchup for Edmonton. And it's uh, not by no means am I saying that's an easy matchup. Uh, because they're, I mean, Edmonton probably would be slightly favored in that series. There, I don't think there are many series in the NHL now where you have a team that's an overwhelming favorite. I, I referenced this last week, even talking to somebody who covers the Avalanche, who said, "Well, you know, watch out if they have to play Dallas. Dallas could knock off the Avalanche. They can slow the game down and and clog up the neutral zone and and take a lot of offense away. So there's there will always be concerns either way. But I, I like to to that texture. I, I think. I referenced that going to the break. We, we At this point in the season, we, we know who the Oilers are. And we, we know their strengths and we know their weaknesses. And we have seen when they lose, it, it's generally because of one or two main reasons. The goalie has an off night, which or simply isn't good enough, which hasn't happened a ton in the last couple months. Or they just can't, they, the, the, they aren't sturdy enough to stand up to a really quick, physical forecheck. Now, quick physical forechecks are going to give most teams a lot of trouble, but I think the way the Oilers are, are built, it might be more of a challenge for them. If they get the puck going in the other end and are cycling it deep and are getting the puck to the net themselves and are getting on the power play, well, that's how they win games. I, I think we know the formula both ways at this point. Is there another one we can slide in, Kellen? Yes, there is. Uh, Read the worst thing showing on television is Big Brother. That's from the Big L. <laughs> Oh, Big L coming in hot tonight. Uh, well, I'm sure that Big L knows as a regular listener, I'm not a big uh, fan of the reality television, Big Brother. What else is there? Survivor. I don't even know what other shows there are. Though having said that, one of my colleagues who is absolutely wonderful, Chelsea Bird, was on Big Brother mm-hmm. oh, several years ago. Yeah, uh, that's so crazy I, I how realize, time passes. <laughs> I, I realize it is for some people, but it's uh, not my taste. Okay, we got Hal Gill on the middle finger and the Predators coming up next on Inside Sports. Play 
played over 1,100 games in the National Hockey League, won a Stanley Cup. He's now the radio analyst for the Nashville Predators, Hal Gill, checking in tonight. Hal, how are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Well, I always love having you on the show. We got a lot to talk about. I'm going to dive right in here, buddy. Have you ever given? Have you ever given or received the middle finger during a hockey game? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I never have. I don't, it, it just never occurred to me. I I guess that's I I'm not a middle finger kind of guy, I guess. But I, it's never occurred to me. It's 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 just one of those bizarre. Remember Andrew Parents yeah. did that, and well, his glove was stuck. I guess. His glove was stuck, so he did that. He was with, I believe that was with Boston or against Montreal, but um, I remember just thinking that was bizarre. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't really understand it, but um, the one thing I will say about hockey, if you're mad at someone, there's a there's a way to solve it. <laughs> you, know? uh, you don't have to flip off anyone. You can go drop the gloves and... and and sort it out. And if you can't do it then, then you have a long memory and you remember it and you, and you wait till the next time. <laughs> yeah. When I was watching that live, I was thinking to myself, Oh, that actually happened. And then I started thinking, how often does that happen? So I actually Googled, I was joking with Rob last night that I hope my uh, bosses don't, you know, think I was Googling something. I shouldn't, <laughs> you know, I Googled NHL obscene gesture <laughs> just to see. Came up because, if, I mean, of all the crazy things that happened in hockey, that's the one that still caught me by surprise. And I guess Hartman would say he was trying to do something about it, and the linesman yeah, got sure. in the way, you know. <laughs> yeah, it just never, it never occurred to me. So, I, you know, hey, it's, it's, uh, you know, if it, maybe if it gets under someone's skin, and that's what Hartman is really good at doing. So, so maybe that works in that way. Well, he, and I, I gotta say, I, I, I looked him up. He's having a great year offensively. And then I checked his hockey fights and he will fight. I think he's got a dozen fights. He took on Zadorov from the flames. I mean, you've probably seen him more in that division. Uh, that's not a one-off for him to try to, to do something. Uh, his, his jaw, he's really good when he's on top of his game. He's, he's, uh, as my buddy Pete Weber calls it a hockey dermatologist. He will get, he will get under everyone's skin and that's what he's, He's pretty good at it. So yeah, he, he's been he's been in the mix, and he will fight. He's a tough kid. Uh, obviously, a great season, a good player. But uh, I don't know where the where the finger came from. That's a, that's a new one. <laughs> All right. Well, I imagine we won't be seeing it again anytime soon, unless maybe it starts a trend. Who knows? Now maybe there'll be a run on fingers. Well, it's an ex- it's an expensive finger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's a good point. The, whatever the four thousand dollar finger, I'll have to, I'll have to yeah. look up how much it cost on the six million dollar man when they rebuilt him <laughs> as a bionic man. How much the fingers yeah. cost? Okay, <laughs> I I, I want to ask you something. I've kind of had a, a theme here asking a couple of guys the last week or so, and from your experience as a player, and as we know, you know, you won the cup and had some other good playoff runs. What, was there a point in the regular season when you maybe got to 20 games left, 15 or 10? I don't know what the number was, but where your mindset changed a little bit. And I look, I know you're, you're, you are a pro and you want to win every game and all that kind of stuff. But was there ever, or you've reached a point or as a team, you guys might reach a point where it's like, okay, like it's, it's time to lock it in. Like we got to get into playoff mode now. So, so we're ready when they start for real. 
No, I was I was dialed in 82 games a year. Uh, even the exhibition preseason, I was super focused. No, I can't even can't even say it without without <laughs> laughing a little bit. Um, you know, you know what? It's funny is when you're younger, I feel like the season's so long. It's just a grind, and you're you're trying to get through it, and you're trying to stay on top of your game. And then the playoffs comes around, and you're like, man, I, I, you know, like you said that. 10 to 15 games before playoffs, it, you, you, you go, okay, I don't know if I can give anymore. And when I got older, I, you know, my wife always laughs at me because it was, I called that, uh, let's say 50 to 65, 70, that span, those games were my retirement phase where I, I can't do it anymore. I'm done. I'm done playing hockey. This is my last year. Uh, and then, you know, that last 20 to 15 games, you start getting into playoff mode. You start looking at where you sit, and then that's when the fun stuff happens. And then and then you find a little bit of extra energy, and you dial it in, and, and then you hope to get to the playoffs, and that's when the real fun happens. So um, it's it's kind of a, a, you know, a roller coaster ride that you go through where you're, you're done, you never want to play hockey again, and then all of a sudden, it's the best thing ever and you, you want to play again. And that's why I kept coming back year after year because, you know, ultimately you're looking for those, those games that mean something where, yeah, there's just the two points the same way they were in October, but they mean a heck of a lot more. And, and that's when it's fun when you're battling for those, those big two points. Did the playoffs ever feel to you? I don't know how to how to word this. Like almost like a second life, or or you had on on a team that yeah. was an underdog or a lower seed, or you maybe didn't have the season you liked, and then you reach the playoffs, and it's like, hey man, every team's got zero wins. Like this is great. Fresh start, yeah, absolutely. I, you know what, and and there's a rhythm to the playoffs, right? It's it's uh, I and I always used to love it. Jacques Martin used to say in, in Montreal. It, it, it's a playoffs. You, you give everything you have on one day, and then the next day you have the day off. You go dream. Get away from it. Don't think about it. Take a break. Refresh your mind. Refresh your body. And then come back the next day, and it's everything you got again. And it's super focused. And um, you, you kind of – I love that rhythm where there's nothing else in the world. You, you put your family aside. You put your friends aside. And you're just focused on you and the boys trying to trying to win something. And so, yeah, there's a, a definitely a, a sense of rebirth and and a, a hyper focused sense. And I think you know some guys thrive in it. Other guys, it, it becomes taxing. It's and it's exhausting. But it's also um, yeah, I lived for it. I, I love that. I love that feeling of of knowing that every other day is is going to be a new opportunity and. And hey, it's you either win or you don't. You know, it's it's a great feeling, or you're going on and you get to start your summer. So um, you give it, you blow it out, see what you can do. I love how you put that, Hal. A great story about uh, Jacques Martin as well. I mean, what a, what a way to put it, and a, a great mindset to have the players in. That's a great story. Hal Gill joining us tonight yeah. on Inside Sports, and of course, Hal is an analyst for the uh, Nashville Predators, who are. Uh, like the Oilers, likely playoff bound. You still got to actually uh, nail down that spot. I got to ask about one guy, though, because I've been running my mouth for the last mouth. Roman Yossi, I would vote for him the heart, for the Hart Trophy. 
I don't have a vote, but I just think he's spectacular all around. I know defensemen have their own trophy, but I'm still like, man, oh man, like who are the predators without him? Not to take away from other, some of the other players. Tell me a little bit about his season and, and his impact this year. It's, it's mind blowing for me. Um, it's just every play, you know, there's guys that affect every game, right. You know, and, um, you look at guys that, that go out and, you know, you, you know, you're looking at McDavid. He like, he does amazing things every game. And you see that, uh, Roman is on a stretch where every time he touches the puck, it's the edge of your seat. What, what is he going to do? How is he going to make this play work? Um, he has an unreal ability to, to make, make plays out of nothing. You know, he can do, um, he can make a, a defensive zone stop and then carry it through the neutral zone, extend the play in the offensive zone. And his passing has been unreal. Um, just the way he, he uses his positioning and his skating to get separation and then find passing lanes that you wouldn't think are there. So, um, and the other thing is he's worked on a lot is his shot. His shot is, has been uh, getting better and better every year. And right now he's got a bomb. So at the point on the power play, they're just using that, that bomb and he's just letting it rip. And if it doesn't go in then it's, then he's making plays after that. So um, it's so fun to watch. I, I just, I can't say enough about how fun it is to watch him on a nightly basis. I'll ask you one more, Hal. And even the best teams have a weakness, and we've seen favorites year after year in the playoffs sometimes not get as far as people thought they might. I think I'm at the point with the Oilers 74 games in that I know their weaknesses and know what happens when they lose, and I saw it last night against the Minnesota Wild. What is the Predators' flaw, perhaps, that concerns you most when they get into a long series with somebody? Do they have one? Well, you know what? It, it's 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 not really a flaw, but I will say I don't – and John Hines brought it up after a couple losses. He said we're, they're just not good enough to to play okay and win. You know, they need to play well, and when they play well, they're tough to beat. Uh, you know, they – they work when they execute through the neutral zone and can get on their forecheck. They're really good. Um, they're really effective. Uh, their forecheck has been working the last few games. They're defending well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily have a weakness. They had a hard time for a while with secondary scoring. Uh, you know, they had Johansson, Duchesne, and Forsberg on one line, and they were getting the majority of the scoring. And, and, uh, their second line was was has been sporadic, and so they split up Duchesne, put him with with Gronland, and it separated that a little bit. Now they just have to figure out a way to to continue that going um, to try and get some scoring going because they've been in a little bit of a drought with as far as the goals go um, the last few games. So um, you know, splitting up that top line and finding depth scoring has been maybe their weakness, but, um, you know, when they're on their game, they're tough. That's why I think there's that mindset that if they can get to the playoffs, anything can happen. They're, they're a team that, that, you know, they're tough. They're physical. They got Tanner, you banging on the four check with, 
Yakov Trenin, uh, Duchesne, and uh, and Forsberg are having career years. Of course, Roman Yossi is fantastic. They have uh, tough D. Borowiecki has been a beast. Um, and then Juice, uh, UC Saros has been unreal. So they have all what it takes. They just, there's that certain mix where if they can't execute through the neutral zone and get on their forecheck, then their game doesn't get established. That, that might be their weakness. Yep, I hear you. Okay. Well, I got to tell you how I will give you one finger for this interview, but not my middle <laughs> one, my index finger, because you're number one, and I always appreciate you uh, on the show, man. <laughs> geez, I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and I'll give you the finger right back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.